How many for your own lives have said this? You know what? I've got mirrors in my house. I know what my thoughts are. And so therefore, I've got two alternatives. Either I face my sin fully and try to, to uh, admit all of it, and then I carry that damage the rest of my life. Because if I face that and I understand how damaged I am, I know I'm going to be limping for the rest of my life. Or you come over here and you say, I'm not going to face it at all. I can't bear to think about it. I'm just going to go on and do the best I can. If it's going to catch up with me, it's got to run to do it. And you're afraid to look in your heart. Because if you look in your heart, you'll always think of yourself as damaged goods. <laughs> Does God think of you as damaged goods? When he looks through the eyes of Jesus Christ, what does he see? Does he shake his head and say, Paul, I'm sorry, you used to be perfect. You were perfect when you were born. But no more. You're damaged. I can never really do with you what I intended to do. Do you really think that your sin replaces the plan God had for your life? Don't you understand that when God came, he, it wasn't a self-help course. It wasn't just do as good as you can. It wasn't just do a little bit better. The problem is that we're made for something bigger. Like I said last week, if you don't have something big enough that's bigger than you, you're going to gag on it. And, so we're ma- and our heart is saying, no, there's this ideal situation for which you were made. And that's exactly what Jesus came down and preached to us in Matthew chapter 5. He took the best people in the world, the best behaving people in the world, the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, you know what? Take a look at them. They looked at this bunch of ragtag people and says, you, your righteousness has to exceed theirs. And they said, what? He said, yeah. Uh, let me explain this to you. You read through chapter, chapter 5 of Matthew, it'll scare you to death if you take it seriously. And you're supposed to take it seriously. He says, you know, it, you've heard it said, don't murder each other. I'm saying don't even be angry with each other. And you're thinking, what? He says, oh, oh, that's nothing. Listen to this. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I'm saying don't even lust in your heart. What? He said, that's all right. Listen to this. He said, you, you've heard it said that if you have two coats and your brother doesn't have any, give him one of your coats, one for you, one for him. I'm saying to you, if you have one coat and your brother doesn't have any, give him your coat and your shirt too. If he asks you to go mile with him, go too. You've heard it said to love your neighbors and hate your enemies. I'm saying, love your enemies. Pray for them. And then the piece de resistance. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. You can read it for yourself. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Whoa. Somebody isn't settling for second class here. Somebody has put in front of us such a juxtaposition of where we are and where we thought we could be. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect? Yeah. You gave up too soon. <laughs> How much of your sin do you think God takes away from you? How much of your past, that which would weight you down, do you think God can cure? I'm not talking about coping. I'm talking about curing. The world talks about coping. 
The world says, and I've said it too, and don't let me say this anymore. I mean, stop me mid-sentence if I try and say this anymore. The world says, hang in there. I say that all the time. Don't let me do that anymore. Say, Hunter, when I start saying, hang in there, say no. Say, no. say, say this, Hunter. God can fix this. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Is there anything in your life God can't fix? Is there anything in your life God can't turn around to be perfect? Where does God get his hands tied by you or by anything that has happened? When he came upon that woman committing adultery, how embarrassing would it be to get caught in the act of adultery and everybody's crowded around with stones in their hands? Well, first Jesus had to disperse the crowd. So he says, okay, come on, everybody who hasn't committed sin, go ahead. Well, everybody, of course, walks away. Because that's what we do when we realize our sin just a little, we get away from God. The one that really got blessed was the one that was so ashamed of her sin, she couldn't move. And so there she was. Now, what do you think Jesus said to her? Did, she, did he say, look, man, I, you know, I forgive you and everything, but you're a whore. And, and you'll always be a whore, you know? And even if you never was a whore from now on, you'll still be a whore in your heart because look what you did, you know? Always say, God. I mean, you can go out and people will, will look at you and if they don't know you, they'll say, well, there's a person, but if they know your background, boom, you're a whore. So let's get realistic about this. Just cope the best you can. Hold your head up high. Take a couple of self-esteem courses and maybe you'll feel better about life. Jesus said, <laughs> I love this. They didn't condemn you. They couldn't. I don't condemn you. Because I won't. There's nothing to condemn. You know why? Because Jesus took every bit of her sin. Every bit of the horrible patterns of her life onto himself. And he said, go and sin no more. You know how pure she was? She was as pure as anybody who had ever lived. What is there in your life Jesus can't fix? What is there that he's tied by that makes you a second-class citizen? Nothing. You think you're going to have to drag your mistakes around with you all your life? You're wrong. That's what makes people give up. Do you understand what Scripture says? When it says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from, what's that word? All unrighteousness. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Have you confined yourself to the alternatives of the world? Or do you understand God's ideal purpose for you is still in place? Nothing can defeat it. You say, well, does that mean I'm going to forget about all this stuff I've been through? No, let me tell you what it means. All the stuff you've been through, everything you've been through, God, because he's sovereign, isn't going to waste. He's going to tie it to the little end of your life so you can kind of always look at it and say, well, it's not too pretty, but it was of use. It was of use. 
I tell you, when I was, uh, uh, when we were in Indiana, Cyril, I don't know if you remember or not, but behind our house there was a, there was like a football field yard, you know? And I've never been a, I, I, I've never been a fun dad. I'm not a game dad. I'm not a, you know, let's play checkers, boys. Let's go out, play baseball. I've always felt guilty about that, you know? And, and, and so every once in a while I'll try and do something fun, you know? There's only so many times when you say, hey, boys, want to watch me read a book? <laughs> so... So, you know, this is, this is when Josh and Isaac were little, little Joel hadn't been born yet, but, but I thought, well, fly a kite. I didn't, you know, I wasn't even original in my phone. I'll fly a kite. Oh, you boys, I'm going to get a kite. We're going to go fly. So, so, so we went down to the store and got this kite, you know. I didn't know anything about kites. And so went home and put this thing together. Of course, they're going, you know, okay, good windy day, you know, should be no problem. Tied this, tied this little ribbon thing on the end, you know. Man, I'm running up and down this stupid yard, sweating like a hog. In a, in a, the kite just keeps going, mm, bang, you know, mm, bang. And, and of course, the guys are there going, when's it going to fly? How high? Is it, is it, when are you going to get it up? When, what's wrong? What, how come it's not flying? I thought it would fly high. When, when are you going to get it? You know, this, my, now my dad thing's on the line here. You know, this is the one dad thing I do in three years, you know. And I can't get my stupid kite to fly. Well, I, I finally, because I'd read about it once, figured out that, that the, the tail didn't have enough weight on it. And so I, so I turned to the boys and said, well, boys, have you got anything that you, you could tie on the end of this tail? You know, because, uh, because I think if we put a little weight more on the end of the tail, it'll point the thing up and then, hell yeah, boy, they ran in. And they, they knew just what they... The day before, they had conned me out of a quarter because they saw this knife in the... Remember those little... Uh, do they still have those little toy machines where you put a quarter in and, and yet a little thing comes out? Well, they saw this knife in this thing. And, uh, and they wanted the knife. And so they, they said, oh, come on, we'll work for it. We'll, you know, the quarter, we'll, we'll give it back to... We'll, whatever. So I'll give them a quarter. So they run. Well, they got a rubber mosquito out of the thing. And it's <laughs> ugly. You know, one of those things that they, the rubber kind of feels wet almost, you know, just a, oh, it's ugly, you know. None, needless to say, they were very disappointed. They were expecting this great, you know, Swiss knife, you know, and they get a rubber mosquito. So, so they run in the house, get this mosquito. Well, we taped that sucker to the end of that tail. Man, that kite just took off. Now, now let me tell you something. Will all of your memories of all of your mistakes go away? No, but there's going to be a rubber mosquito on the end of your kite. And you're going to think, well, they were good for something after all. I mean, that's just about how important they're going to be in your life. Where's your faith? Don't you give up on God's ideal for your life. God can fix it. God can do it. God can make it into something better than you ever imagined. I know what it is to go to God and say, God, I come from something that's got no potential. And for him to say to me, now that you've realized that, do you mind if I use you to change the world? He wants to say the same thing to you.